0: Hey guys, welcome to the Faith and Field Podcast. I'm the host, Grant Benson. If you haven't already, check out episode zero to hear my story. The mission of the Faith and Field Podcast is to give all athletes a platform to share their testimonies and experiences of what God has done in their life. My hope is that God will reach athletes who need to hear these stories in order to strengthen their faith and maybe their athletic journeys. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and give us follow on Instagram, at Faith underscore the letter N underscore Faith. We're active on Instagram, so give us a DM, let us know what you think, or even a prayer request. I pray that this podcast will be a good representation of Christ. Thank you for listening. God bless. Hey guys, welcome to the episode eight of the Faith and Faith Podcast. Today I had the opportunity to speak with Maddie Castleberry. Maddie is a current junior at the University of Houston. She runs cross-country and Distance for the track and field team. Had a great time talking about what it took to become a D1 collegiate athlete, as well as keeping motivation to be a Christ follower while staying dedicated to learning. It was awesome to hear the passion that Maddie had for Jesus, as well as learning long distance. And if you like, give her a follow on Instagram at Maddie Castleberry. That's at M A D D Y C A S T L E B E. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Hey guys, welcome to the Faith and Field podcast. This is episode eight. I am blessed and honored to speak with Maddie Castleberry. Uh, she is a runner at the University of Houston uh, going into her junior year. Um, if you aren't already, and if you want to, you can give her a follow on Instagram at, at Maddie Castleberry. Uh, Maddie thank you for coming on the Faith and Field podcast. I, I'm honored and blessed that you take the time out of your day uh, to be able to speak with me so thank you for that.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about my journey with you today and uh, just share to the world of um, track and field of what I have to offer.
0: That's awesome yeah I mean you know we were talking a little bit before and you're kind of sharing a little bit of your story but um you know, I was really interested in kind of hearing you, you know, kind of go through uh, a little bit of like how you got involved with running uh, to begin with. Um, you mentioned a little bit that you were in cheerleading and like that was kind of the main focus, but then you signed up for basketball behind your, your parents' back and the basketball coaches apparently said that you should try cross country. So I don't know, maybe talk about like that whole, um, just how you got to the, the, the part of running, because you know, for some people like myself as a as a as a thrower, always been a thrower type body. Uh running wasn't something I was like, if someone motivated me to say, hey, you should try cross-country, I, I would probably not uh jump at that opportunity. But uh maybe kind of share a little bit how you got to that point of uh, you know, cross country and running. Yeah.
1: So basically, um I was playing a lot of sports and, you know, I was uh, seeing a little bit more success in cross country, even the though I wasn't putting as much effort as I could have just because of, you know, I was playing other sports and I was still so young. So I didn't really have like that big passion for it yet. Like I had my main focus at the time was cheer. And so I just was kind of trying to, I feel like I was trying to figure out what exactly my sport was and I just didn't really know because I I was kind of getting in this transition with cheer almost like um you know I was kind of like seeing my better days with it and I was excited to try you know some new sports and stuff like that and I think you know seeing success in running um was one of the like and not just in the running aspect but just seeing success in general for myself like for something I was like working for um I think that's really what drove me towards it was that like you know that satisfaction for, like, all your hard work paying off. I think that was, like, one of the biggest things for me that was, like, so addicting was, like, you know, oh, it's, like, I work hard, and then, you know, you get repaid in success, and it was just, like, you know, it sounds, like, that easy whenever you're so young. Because um, I was in eighth grade, so it was, like, literally just show up to practice and run two miles, and it's, like, I would see – I would do great at meets, and it was just so exciting, and you're at such a young level, too. So, like, the success was very um, – very like simplistic at the time, um, but I would say the best thing that drove me towards a more successful running career is definitely just patience and consistency, and um, those two things are huge in distance running. You really have to be patient and consistent because it takes a lot of time for your body to get used to, you know, the damage you're putting on it every day with running, and you know the basically getting uncomfortable or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable for so long. And just, you know, people, I have a lot of people ask me, like, even just like my everyday friends who don't really, um, aren't really a part of athletics or anything like that, asking me for running tips. And that's still the main thing I tell them is just be consistent and be patient because, you know, you see a lot of people who start running and then they just kind of like die off and stop because it's just, it's, it's not the funnest thing in the world to everybody. Um, But I think if you find those little joys within it and where, and the aspect that you do like about it, whether that be like a more competitive aspect or a more, um, for me, it's like that success aspect and, you know, doing better for myself, um, just finding what you enjoy about it and just have fun. Like, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself, just, literally have fun with it until, you know, until it's not fun anymore for you and you just feel like it's a chore, then you kind of have to either, you know, find a different uh, love for it or, you know, find something else that brings you that love and joy, like for running does for me. So that's kind of like the main things I would tell people for, for trying to get into running for sure.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Cause you know, when, especially when you start out, you know, it's just such a pain and especially if you're not necessarily training for a race, just training to train is, is so hard. But um, I think, you know, it's kind of cool, if, you know, you win a race at, in, in eighth grade or you do find success at eighth grade. And I think, you know, outside of just like playing a game and counting your stats in like, you know, sports that involve, you know, like team sports, um, you know, running, throwing, uh, jumping a uh, track and field in general are things that you can compete universal, you know, with anybody, you know, it's all about, you know, your times, like the track is the same, you know, the cross country course may not be the same that you run, but you know, you know, there's courses that are identical or there's meets that you guys all run at, but everybody has to run the same course, like in track and field, it's the same track. It's the same implement size. It's the same pole vault pit and heights and, hurdles and all that stuff. So that's a, so that's a, what I love about, you know, the track and field community and sport in general is that you can measure your best self in competition um, and you don't have to necessarily compare yourself to others uh, in that way. So anyway, so you, you have a little bit of success, success in eighth grade and then you go into high school and are you still cheerleading at the same time that you're running
1: Uh, no. So I actually moved with my dad at the time and he told me that I need to pick one sport and, you know, I kind of still wanted to like play basketball too, even though I like, I wasn't good. I was like, I just wanted to do everything and try everything. Um, but he goes, just pick one sport. My dad was a like pretty casual runner. He ran a lot of road races, um, after he had gotten out of college and stuff. So he was kind of like, definitely encouraging the running side and he he was telling me like he's like you used to run with me when you were little like you know I think you could still do it he goes I would watch you run as a little kid and he said he would you know he could see myself being like a runner one day so he was really encouraging of the running aspect for sure so um I just took a huge leap of faith and decided to go with cross country and track you know kind of throwing away like not throwing away, but, like, just retiring from, like, all the other sports I was doing at the time and just putting everything I had into one
0: sport. Yeah. So, hanging up the pom-poms and picking up a foam roller.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, it was definitely, like, a huge, like, huge transition from, like, the types of people and stuff and the environment, and I think I really enjoyed the running environment, and I think it matched, like, my perception and of life and just like positivity like perfectly and so um just the people involved in running it's like I was like these people are like to this day like I see them as like you know those friends I made my freshman and sophomore year in San Antonio at the high school I was going to are like you know friends that I consider like lifetime friends like if I were to see them somewhere um I would just you know I could still have a conversation with them and and connect with them like that's how um like I just felt so connected to these people through the sport of running. And I'm sure every athlete can relate to that with their teammates, like for the rest of their lives if they see them somewhere.
0: Right. So you you entered high school and you you're running cross country, like at this at this point, like you you're still running, you know, for the passion and love for it. Like how are you on the team? Like are you like in the top seven? Are you on varsity as a runner or are you just kind of casually just trying to figure that out
1: yeah, so my freshman year um was not the best year. I actually started off like my five k time my freshman year was like twenty four minutes which like my senior year it was in the nineteens so oh, wow. like um yeah that's like a huge huge drop like my freshman year was just probably one of the hardest years like just getting into that like because I feel like you know eighth grade I was kind of just like running every other day like now it's like I'm going into full-blown um running every single day uh basically and I was just like this is you know it was a lot and so um you know I was I was on that range of like almost making varsity my freshman year um but you know I think it was the safer route definitely that we stuck with JV and I think being on JV it was very fun. Um, you know, I, I feel like it really helped me develop. Um, it was, uh, I had one meet, it was the district meet of um, my freshman year. I actually got disqualified because I almost won, so I almost won a district title, but at the very last hundred meters, it was like me and this one girl um, it was in the 3200, and, you know, I accidentally, like, threw an elbow out there, and um, I got DQ'd, and, you know, that was a really big deal for me, because um, that that race specifically was uh, just one of those turning points for me, because I was, I ran a faster time than some of our girls who ran on varsity that meet at the district meet, um, so I was, like, for the next year, I was, like, I could definitely be on varsity, like, you know, I had some struggles, like, I really wanted to break six in the mile that year. And like, I had some goals that I started setting for myself and um, you know, I didn't really reach some of them. So I was like, okay, like, you know, sophomore year, I was like, we're going, we're going in like, you know, we're going to buy in. Like I had a great coach, every time I see her cause uh, she's actually one of my friend's moms who my friend runs at A&M and uh, I, every time I see her, I thank her. I'm like, you literally made me love running. Like she just enhanced my love for the sport so much. Cause she's kind of like the one that taught me, like, just have fun with it and like, you know, just like go, go out for a run. Like that's it. That's all it is. And she just kept it simple. So she didn't like um, admire winning. Like it was like that winning is the only thing that matters. It was like, you know, of course she wanted success, but she was more worried about our passion for the sport. So sophomore year, um, I did make varsity, which was very fun. Me and all my really close friends um, made varsity. So that was really cool because I feel like that's like, oh, like, you know, you're excited. Um, And I remember we made it to regionals that year. Uh, We really wanted to make it to state. Like that was like a huge goal. I think that's like a huge goal for every single team in – like high school level um so we didn't make state but just being able to go to that regional course and that meet um was a very big deal to me especially being so young um it was a great experience i actually so i i sat around i think like fifth on our team so i was still scoring um Mm -hmm. but that meet specifically i had gotten second on the team so it was like the hardest course of my entire life. It's, um, it, was, it was terrible, but I was so pleased with my performance uh, that season and the way I progressed. And I actually got my 5K down. 5k time down by like 3 minutes because I think I was running like in the 21 range or maybe even like really high 20s by then so like I made a huge jump in and you know I was really committed we were running on Sundays together doing long runs and on this beautiful road so um, I think that was something that uh, really started to intrigue like my kind of like knowledge for running like I wanted to know more and learn more to become better at the sport so Um, I started looking things up and, like, looking on the internet, like, how to, like, you know, things to eat, things to do, like, all this stuff, and so, you know, I kind of, I started running twice a day, like, every single day, which, like, you should not do, like, do not do that unless, like, you have a proper coaching, like, program that's instructing you to, but I would run in the morning with my team, and then afterwards, I would go to the gym with my dad and I would like do core and then I would run another like three miles as hard as I could. Uh-huh. And so I immediately saw like a lot of great results because <laughs> it was like at first it's like, wow, you're just getting in shape insanely. But like I wasn't doing it in a healthy way. So and I was yeah. I wasn't telling my coach about it. Like I was I wasn't doing the right thing. So that's not what you should do because that's not how you get like consistent um consistent like great consistently great performance um that's kind of just like your you know i feel i almost see that as just me being like just immature about the sport not really knowing anything and you know um i wasn't eating enough and so which all in all, created with the overtraining and not eating enough, you know, I started noticing like smaller, smaller injuries like tendonitis. And I would have to sit out a couple times and cross train my sophomore year, but it wasn't anything huge. I was still able to go to um, regionals and track that year um, in the 3200. Um, but, you know, I did suffer from just some small, bang- banged up times, but those two years were definitely like a really solid foundation like into my running career. Cause I kind of transitioned from just, you know, just a casual runner on JV who didn't really like think much of the sport, really cared to like really desirable, passionate, and, like almost at one point, like I was almost one of the best girls on my team. And so um, I think like just developing those goals and, you know, staying consistent and patient was like one of those two things I just, you know I really needed to learn and um, just learning the proper ways to you know gain fitness and so not over training.
0: So you finish up your s- sophomore year um, having some success um, you're going into the summer before your junior year at this point are you thinking like you're gonna uh go to college for running like are you gonna do something like that like what what are your thoughts like kind of going in into that as you prepare for college
1: so um my my dad while i was living in san antonio he actually took me to uh a utsa meet so ut san antonio um and i was watching those girls that were running on the track and i was like you know and I would see them running all the time in San Antonio because our high school was right next to the college. So we would see them in the trails that we would run in. And I'd be like I, – I told myself, like, I can literally do that. Like, I sat there and I just was watching them. And I was like, Dad, like, I remember saying to him, like, I can do that. And so he was kind of the one that kind of, like, planted that seed of, like, running in college. And, um, you know, I was – I bought into that, like, so quickly. And I was like – I want to be an athlete as long as I can be. So, um, I immediately knew going into my junior year, I had a great year, my junior year, I had some ups and downs, but like the, the beginning of it, the cross country season was amazing. Um, I actually had moved back home, uh, with my mom. And so the DFW area where I live, so that's like Dallas, Fort Worth, um, is amazing at distance running very much more developed than the San Antonio area. So I would say it's like a lot harder. Um, But, I mean, I still saw a lot of success in myself that year. Um, I was actually MVP of my team that year, which was, like, a really big deal to me because that was something, like, I'd always dreamed. I saw the girls who got MVP in my high school, like, my freshman, sophomore year, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't imagine doing that. So I was just like, oh, I was so thankful for that. And I actually got a news article written about me from one of my meets that I had done really well in. And, you know, it still hangs on my fridge at home. (laughs) it's one of those like little small pieces of pride and joy, but, um, you know, I went into that year, I had a great summer training for the most part. Um, I was excited for, you know, being in like a, you know, I knew all the girls in my area who were great at running. I looked them up on miles play every day. Like I was on it. I knew all those girls. Like I was so excited to race against like some of the fastest people in Texas, um, but uh towards the end of my junior cross country season i actually uh had gotten my first stress fracture and so i was kind of still continuing um to overtrain uh it was one of those habits that like i wasn't Breaking, and so what I would do was I would go to practice in the morning and then the afternoon instead of running, I tried to be smart. And this is me being smart, I tried to switch running with like cross training. So I was like biking every day after in the afternoon, and like you know, I started making up like my own weight routines and I started making up my own. Like everything. Like, I was just, I'm a very independent person. So I was just trying to like find my way. And I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to get better. Cause I was basing it off of things I found on the internet. And I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is going to work this time. And then um, I still wasn't eating enough. So important to overeat. I'd rather overeat now than undereat at all times. Cause that's like one of the most leading causes in distress fractures for women is just simply undereating. So I got my first stress fracture, completely broke the bone in my menin. I don't remember which one, but that was like one of the hardest times for me. So it kind of ruined my track season that year. Um, I didn't do anything special. Like I still, I think by the end of track season, we had like a time trial and I had PR'd my mile, but that was pretty much it. It was, it was just very hard to get back in shape. But then, you know, um, I still had my senior year. So I guess by then, um, I was excited to see, uh, you know, I, I had come a long way since my injury and I was excited to see like the results that could potentially happen. And like, this was the year, like I decide where I want to go to college and I was so indecisive. I, I had no idea what I wanted. Like I, I thought I did, I would be like, oh yeah, like what if I want to go out of state? And I'd be like, no, I want to stay in Texas. Like, and I think I finally developed the idea, like, okay, like my main goal for senior year is going to be. Um, I had a vision board in my room with like all my favorite runners on it and all the things I wanted to do. I had little goal setting things everywhere, my bathroom, my mirror, like my walls everywhere was just like things I wanted to accomplish. And so um, I had a life coach in high school and she helped me like come up with a lot of these little ideas. And so one of them was a vision board and it hung in my room and I remember it said like we're gonna go to a D1 college in Texas and so I kind of like strayed away from that idea because you know I I talked to a lot of different coaches so I committed to like three different schools before I committed to Houston um like I said I had no idea what I wanted to do but um I finally you know took a limb and uh I've never, I don't think I've ever, even though I live in Texas, I don't think I've ever been to Houston before. And so, you know, it was spring break, very late, very late of my senior year. Like, and I had, um friends who were committed to all their colleges, you know, for and I still was just, you know, I don't even know where I'm going. I was like, I am barely decided. And um, I was actually wanting to, I think I was committed to Texas tech at that time. It was between Texas tech, Northern Colorado and Houston. So those two, I was going to, the first two I was going to go to. And, you know, I told the coaches like, yeah, like I'm very down to go to, and it was just like back and forth. It was so confusing, but you know, my coach, Steve, had asked me, you know, do you want to come on a visit here? And I remember him emailing me back in, like, October, and I was like, this isn't real. I was like, no way this guy is reaching out to me, like, because I knew who he was, and I knew who the team was, and I was like, you know, Houston's one of, like, the best track programs, like, in the nation, so I was just like, uh, like, that's crazy, like, you're reaching out to me right now, and, you know, it was kind of a disbelief, and so it took a long time, the recruiting process, but it finally worked itself out. And, you know, I took my visit my senior year of spring break. And the next morning I was like, I am going here, mom. And she was so about it too. Like just the experience I got, um, I could instantly tell from the moment I got here that the women uh, were very encouraging. They were all of like my dream type of teammates. Like, you know, in, co- er, in high school, you kind of get like a weird mixture of kids. You get those like kids who are like super into the sport and committed, just like you are. And then you kind of get those ones that are like, just doing it for fun. And so, which is understandable. Cause it's like high school. So it's not right, supposed right. to be like insane, but um, yeah, I finally got there and I was like, this place is for me. Just the, the coach, the women, like, Um, I remember Steve, my coach told me, he goes, um, you know, he was more worried about not much as the times that you were running, but more worried about the um, passion that you had and the, you know, what, like what you, it was just more than just like the times. It was more of like, you know, he wanted people on the team who wanted to be there and wanted to work hard. And um, I think he's done a great job of like the team we have, you know, I feel like we're very very different from a lot of teams that you see that are just like cutthroat and I think um, we still have a lot of success in our program but we still just have fun and you know we work hard and have fun we turn it on our biggest thing is like you turn it on whenever you get like to practice and then the second you leave you turn that off like you don't think about it like you don't let it stress you out like you just have fun with it you show up when you need to and then you go home like, yeah. so that's really one of those, I just, I knew I was making the right decision whenever I decided to come here, and, like, it was honestly just, like, perfect, like, it, it was literally just, like, the way it worked out, it was just God sent, I was, like, I need to come here, so. That's awesome,
0: so kind of going back a little bit um, into your journey, so, you know, you mentioned that you moved, you know, you're, you were with your dad, and you lived, You moved in with your mom, and, and, uh, you know, let's talk about a little bit of your faith journey, so, you know, when, when did that start for you? Um, you know, when did you think that it, it literally became your own, maybe walk through uh, just the time that you knew that like, um, this is going to be my own faith journey? Um, you know, cause for instance, like for me, like I grew up as a Catholic, did all the things. Um, and I would say that I was uh, uh, a Catholic. I wouldn't say that I was a Christ follower, but I would say that I was a good person. And then um, went to college, um, just realized a lot of things in my life, the priorities that I had for my life, you know, were taken away. So like sports, friends and girls, like my top three priorities. And all of a sudden I had nothing to lean on to find my identity. And through this whole process, I had a guy who was kind of planting seeds and leading me to Christ. And then uh, in October of, of 98, I gave my life to Christ and um, I just knew that that was the void that was filled. And so fr- from then, since then, I've been uh, serving the Lord, um, you know, to the best that I possibly can every single day. But I just know that the times that I went to church, you know, with my mom, like, um, you know, that wasn't my faith, that was not who I was. So maybe ca- kind of talk about that a little bit, like when, like, how was that growing up? Um, what was your faith journey? And then when did you, like, decide, like, okay, like. I'm committed. I'm, I'm following. This is, this is what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, I think it was, um, I grew up in a very, uh, Christian household. Um, you know, my dad, uh, he would pray with me every single night and he kind of started that like really great habit of like, um, valuing those conversations with God at the end of the day and before bed and stuff like that. And so that's something like, uh, I want to do with my kids one day and just something that's, he really helped instill in me. And then, um, you know, being with whatever I was living with my mom, uh, I was actually going to, going up, we, I would go to like little small groups on Wednesdays, like these little small church groups, um, Uh, I had some friends who were really involved in things like FCA, like Fellowship of Christian Athletes, even in like middle school and high school that I would just like here and there, like go to. And it was like, I really enjoyed it. Like, you know, my faith was pretty, pretty solid. Like, but I don't think it was as strong as um, like, as it is to compared um, I had gotten injured my summer going into senior year. And, you know, I was kind of, like, losing a lot of hope and things. And um, I'm not one to give up on anything. Like, I will literally push myself so hard. It's, like, a blessing and a curse. But, um, you know, I'm not one to have those thoughts. And I was just, like, I'm, like, how am I going to go to a college, like, and run, like, 60-mile weeks and not get hurt or run? You know, I always want to run the steeple. And I was like, how am I going to be able to do that? Like whenever I get to college and, you know, I was just like having all these like questionable, like really just negative thoughts in my head. And so, you know, um, I feel like going into my senior year is when I really, really just like reconnected with God. And, you know, all of my life, um, I've always like compared myself to people. And, um, you know, I just kind of realized like confidence it doesn't really come like from yourself, but it comes from the one who created you. So basically, um, that meaning that you're not going to find your confidence in like, uh, just like, like earthly things or like yourself, you're going to find it more, uh, when you surrender yourself to, to God himself. So, um, you know, developing that relationship with God, uh, just alone you know taught me like even in my darkest moments like I'm never alone like I have help through everything uh he will always provide for me and always be there for me and so I think like learning that like it was just like and it was it wasn't some huge like transition like I think it was just literally just real I was realizing more things becoming more spiritual and talking to God and just like becoming closer to him and I think it's it's that's all it takes and then because I was already going to church and you know doing all the small things and it was just like really connecting with him is when I saw like and letting him in my life more and just like you know I started speaking more of it on my social medias and you know not being afraid of like what people thought despite like if someone were to say something like you know people always tell me like oh like I didn't know like you're you're like, like you were that spiritual and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, like I'm going to preach about, um, like my love for God, despite like what people think as I think everyone should. And, you know, um, I always tell people, you know, you may inspire some people and you may annoy some people, but you know, at least you got to inspire people and put your word and try and help people out there. Cause it was just like, I was seeing so many people of my own friend, like in my own friend group who were just like, so connected with God, and I was, like, you know, like, I was really inspired by that, and um, just, you know, I always told myself, like, once you see uh, loving others and serving others as a privilege, you know, I think everything kind of changes, so, um, and I always, like, you know, I was taught to, like, pray for the people that hurt you the most, like, really just, you know, pray through the hardest times of your life, and then I think I just, my senior year, I feel like I really matured in my spiritual journey and just, you know, realized, like, like it's a privilege to be alive every day. It was a privilege to, you know, wake up and have a nice house and a nice parents, two loving parents and a step-parents who loved me very deeply, a family in a sport like i like every day is just showing gratitude is so important i love showing gratitude to at the end of the day like just being thankful for the littlest things i have like a dog of water food and all this stuff being able to go outside and run so it's just like um i think that just really building that strong connection was one of the most important things that i really did and just really taking that time like through those dark times just realizing like it's all going to be okay and it's all going to work out exactly how it's supposed
0: to. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, you kind of reconnect with God your senior year and you enter into that senior senior year across country. Um, And then, you know, you kind of go to your visit in the spring of your senior year and you realize like, that's kind of the place that, um, that God is calling you to, to be. Um, how do you how do you um, in the midst of like, you know, everything that you're doing, you know, the successes that you're finding, like the things that you are, are at at this point, kind of like a senior in high school, if you can remember back, like, you know, what kind of kept you humble in that way? Um, You know, was it was it the injuries that kind of like allowed you to to stay, stay the course? Like, what what, what was it about, like, um, your relationship with God to be able to to have you stay within yourself, to be a teammate that you, that you say that you wanted to be, but also be competitive and, um, you know, be the best that you can possibly be?
1: I think what I realized was that, you know, um, essentially, I always tell myself, uh, I have a quote this in my phone, actually. Let me see if I can find it. It's something I've always like, kind of told myself um, about, specifically teamwork. I want to see if I can find it really quickly, if I can't. Um, High performers focus on bringing others up along with them. Mm. So um, that is something that is just I see that, and I just – I love it. I love the idea of, like, you know, you can do everything alone, but, you know, trying to bring other people up with you is going to be, I think, the most amazing and humbling experience, you know, even in your most successful times, like, still giving back to your team. So, you know, you see a lot of athletes, and they're, you know, the best one on their team. But I think the – we actually had a guy. um, His name was Brian. Brian and he's a pro athlete now, but he, I wasn't on the team majority of the time he was, but just hearing his story. And so obviously he was making it to nationals every single year. He was a great runner. Um, and so the thing I asked people, like, you know, was it weird, like being on a team with someone who was so successful and like, was it all about them? And they were like, no, like he made a point to make sure it was still all about the team. Like he would finish his races and go immediately, you know, Do everything he can for the team and worry about, you know, we need to support these people, we need to support all the rest of the team. Like, he never made it just about him, he made it about everyone. And so, I think that is like something kind of like footsteps I would love to follow along and just like, even if I'm not like the fastest one on the team, just, you know, kind of finding my way to bring everyone up together, not just me myself. Like, I want the entire team to come up with me. And I think, you know, some people aren't like that some people are definitely like you know more selfish in the ways that they like to um train and that's just what works for them and that's like you know their calling but I feel like my calling is literally to help inspire people and make an impact and bring I always want to bring the best out in people that I'm around and so I think the my favorite bible verse of the like in the entire world is uh Romans eight eighteen, and essentially it says that um The pain you're going through can't compare to the joy that's coming. And so I can really just apply that everywhere in my life, whether that be running, whether it be life in general. And so every time I'm suffering or going through a hard time, you know, I have that quote pinned up everywhere. So um, literally, that is like one of the biggest things I always tell myself, like, you know, and essentially. There's so many other forms of it. Like if you want to see the rainbow, you have to go through the rain. Like it like you have to go through these hard times, like aka getting injured, aka like going through like you know, some people go through like plateaus in their sport where they just like can't get break that like barrier. And so, you know, you have your bad seasons and stuff like that. And I think like getting injured for me was something that like, you know, at the time was like felt like the hardest thing in the world. But like I think, you know God broke me down then to make me stronger now, and so now I have been in college for two years running under my coach, and I have not had a single stress fracture or a serious injury that's put me out for weeks. I've had my, like, you know, fair share of, like, little aches and pains, but no stress fractures at all, and all because, essentially, um, you know, I figured out what exactly to do and it took me almost three tries like I had three stress fractures while I was in high school and two were back to back like immediately so um, I think injuries are kind of like one of the most humbling experiences for an athlete for sure and just kind of like makes you realize like you know I'm not doing everything I can because in your head you're just like I'm doing all the training I'm doing all this and it's like okay it's like what about the little things are you doing the prehab are you stretching are you doing you know all those small things that actually end up being a big thing whenever you get hurt because you're not doing them so right. you know to this day like i still tell the freshmen like you know you need to be in the training room like whenever you can you know making sure you're taking care of your body you're sleeping enough like you're doing all those little things i said you know anyone can train like anyone can go out and train as hard as they can but not everyone can you know take time out of their day to do the little things and you know, take care of the mental side of it, too. Like, I feel like the mental stuff, especially, like, in, like, sports, like, track and field where, you know, your mentality is everything. Like, if your mentality isn't strong and you think the guy next to you is going to beat you or throw harder, run faster, like, you've already lost. So it's really just digging deep and taking that time to, you know, focus on yourself and building that mental side of it you know, I'm still finding, trying to figure out ways to build my mental toughness every single day. And, you know, cause you can train, like I said, you can train as hard as you can, but it's just like, if you don't have that strong, like confidence and mental stability, then it's just like, you know, ev- all your training's just basically, you know, not going to be put, put to the full potential. So. Right.
0: Yeah, that's good. Let's talk a little bit about like how you found a balance. Cause I think before we kind of got on here, you were talking a little bit about, you know, you were, you were addicted to running and, um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a fine line about being passionate about something and then the, the addiction side of it to where it becomes an obsession and it's not healthy. Um, how are you, how are you, how were you able to you know, find that balance. Cause I feel like there's, I mean, I coached cross country for five years. I know that I don't look like a cross country coach, but I coached cross country for five years. And part of my, you know, uh, most funnest times as a, as a coach and most memorable times as a coach, like coaching my, my cross country team. Cause you know, for those of you who know cross country runners and you, you yourself, like there's a, they're a different kind of breed, like, you know, people yeah. who love to run, like multiple miles a day, you know, multiple times a day, like they're, they're a different kind of breed and, and I respect it. Like I totally do. But, you know, there was a time, like I had a couple of runners, like guys and girls who became addicted to like wanting to run because they wanted to see times drop and they overtrain um, and they would kind of call it passion. But I, I just knew that, that it, it wasn't that because in passion, you know, you know, the limits, like you're passionate about something, you know, what the limits are. The addiction side of it is, is, you know, something that becomes so obsessive that you just don't know what the limits are. So how were you able to find that balance in, in your own training and running and everything that you were doing, maybe leading up to the college or stuff that maybe you've, you kind of dealt with even, even today?
1: I think, um, I think I found the healthiest balance actually uh, coming into college. So basically, um, you know, kind of seeing like, you know, the other people on the team uh, and the way they were reacting with running and stuff like that. And uh, essentially, the, the biggest ideas that I learned was, you know, like I said, we have this saying, like, when you come to practice, you turn it on. And you, you know, you do what you got to do. But the second you leave, that's it. Like, you don't think about it. You don't you know, you don't do anything with it anymore and you show up when you need to. So, cause I feel like in high school, like I was just always on, like it was like all running, all in, all the time. And I was never really like, it was almost like part of my personality, like was just like, is not healthy at all. So it's just like, you know, I have to, you know, kind of break away from that like standpoint of like, you know, in high school, I feel like I had a lot of restrictions to myself. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. Cause you know, it might impact my running career. Like, you know, mm. I don't want to go out and do this. Like, you know, I would never go to like football games or anything like that. Cause we always had like cross country meets and uh, the next morning and um, just a lot of like hangout opportunities with friends. Like I just didn't go to because I was like, I need to wake up and run. And I think just like developing like a healthy way to incorporate like your social life and your school and your friends and, you know, um, the family that you have and just making time for everything and figuring out like, you know, okay, like, you know, I've got to go to practice in the morning, but that doesn't mean that like, you know, the day before I can't hang out with my friends or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. and I think I was restricting myself so much of just like, even like foods that I really love, like I love ice cream and like, I would never, let myself eat it because I was like, that's unhealthy. It's going to make me slow. When in reality, like it's more, it's hurting you more restricting yourself from something you love, like the running or your sport in general, it it shouldn't restrict the things you love. It should just be something that you simply do every day and that you love. It shouldn't cut off other things. Like it shouldn't require you to make those sacrifices. Like, of course, like You know, you have – being an athlete, like, you know, obviously there's certain sacrifices you do have to make. But, like, I think it's just finding those things that matter most to you and, you know, not dying for them. Like, you know, you're not, like, dying for running or giving everything you have. Like, you have other things. You have school. Like, you have a whole life ahead of you and just, you know, you have people – around you that need that like part of you too and so just realizing that I think was really important for me and just I definitely didn't make that healthy transition until I got to college um so now it's like I have a very healthy relationship with food and just with running as a whole I feel like I have like such a strong like healthy relationship with that I built so um anytime I am feeling pain at all like slightest pain, like that's unusual, you know, I kind of take like an evaluation and I'm like, okay, how serious is this? Is this like a soreness thing or is this like a, you know, nagging pain that hasn't stopped? And then, you know, what my go-to rule is, is I take two days off completely. I don't do anything, like anything at all. I let myself go and kind of like recoup. And then, you know, I come together those next two days. And I feel like a lot of runners are so scared to take time off when in reality, those two days could have saved you from six weeks off, like mm. if you were to keep running. And so I think that was like one of the best things I've ever learned for myself, you know, and even if you're in season and you, you can't, ta- you feel like you can't take like, you know, the time to take those two days, days off or you, you're going to lose so much fitness. Like if anything, it's going to benefit you because you're working your body so hard all the time that those two days would probably do you more than those two runs would so those two days off yeah so that is something like I've tried to help with a lot of my teammates and stuff who I see like push themselves to exhaustion and haven't really experienced like an injury like that before like a serious serious injury and just trying to help prevent them from that from happening to them before it gets worse where they they end up in a boot so I really try to promote like you know prehab and sh- the training room like you know people always make fun of me because at my school because I'm literally live in our training room because i'm always in there doing stuff like obviously we're not it's closed right now because of COVID, but i've like essentially built my own training room at home but like every day it was like instilled in me and my uh best friend's morning routine was you know go to practice go get coffee and then go to the training room and we'd be in there for at least an hour hour and a half just doing prehab do, getting treatment on stuff that hurts um and like that's what they're there to do they're essentially there to help you and like of course your coaching goes into it too. Cause I see a lot of my friends who have ended up at like really big, big schools, like A&M, Arkansas, UT, and, um, you know, just seeing the way their training is essentially so different. And, uh, you almost like can't compare it. Cause it's like, uh, you see some schools who just like run their freshmen, like into the ground, essentially, like mm-hmm. literally as hard as they can. Whereas like, I mean, I'm very thankful for the coach that I have because I feel like he's done such a great job of building me up. I've had like consistent success in my career throughout the years that I've been here. Um, and every single season, whether it be cross track, even though we didn't really have a track season last year, but we did have indoor. Um, so, but I mean, just really consistent results, especially my freshman year coming in, like even my like summer, it's like It's just like it keeps – the ball just keeps on rolling. It's like I went into my freshman year and I, you know, dropped my 5K PR time down another minute. And then, you know, this upcoming year in cross country, we run 6Ks um, and, you know, dropped that time from last year down by I think like – almost a whole minute or something like that, or like, 50 seconds, which, like, I was, like, I'm already in college, like, I feel like those huge drops are usually seen in, like, high schoolers, and so it's just, like, you know, I've always, if, anytime I start to, like, feel, like, that uneasiness, like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, why am I not seeing, like, why am I not faster? It's just, like, you know, I just tell myself, like, Maddie, be patient, and I was, like, don't, like, you know, anytime those thoughts come on, I'm, like, you're fine, like, you're staying consistent you're doing everything right you're doing exactly what your coach is telling you to you're buying into the system you're good i'm like just keep having fun keep enjoying it and i I always tell myself like you know your time will come and whatever that may be and you know i and i'm prepared for it so those are just some of those things that like i always tell myself
0: that's good yeah i think that you know, you're describing a little bit as just, you know, being dedicated to the things that are going to help you be successful. Um, And I think that's really important, not restricting ourselves to those things. And, um, you know, sometimes people get upset, obsessed with, you know, well, I have to like, sacrifice, you know, different things in order to get goals. And some of that might be true, you know, obviously, like, you got to go on a run, and you know or you got to get a lift in and you should be doing those things and not just like being like well I'm just going to hang out with my friends instead but if it's like hey like I got time to do that like I don't have anything to study like but I'm just not going to hang out because I just need to stay focused you know those those are things that are are a little obsessive and a little little bit of overkill to you know that you know we all need community and that's it's important for us to be able to, to do that.
1: Exactly. I know. I completely agree with that, for sure.
0: So, um, you know, kind of in the situation that you're at, like, you know, obviously, you know, Univers- University of Houston, you know, being a uh, a big school and, you, you know, the conference that you're in is, is pretty huge. But um, what are ways that you uh, feel that like God is using you to be a light, you know, because we're called to be a witness to all those, um, not necessarily like bang the bible you know there's there's certain ways to be able to do that um and i I am no not a supporter of bang the bible and you know condemn everybody else but like in your own journey in your own walk in your faith like how do you feel that you um are a shining presence of god for those that are around you that may not know who jesus is and um like how's that make how do you make that known i guess like to your teammates and to your coaches and those who you compete against um, that, you know, that you are a child of God?
1: So basically, um, I'm a huge believer of, uh, instilling faith in things that, you know, um, it, it, basically the unknown. So like, um, you know, having faith in what we cannot see and knowingly to trust in that is, um, you know, something, it's not specifically speaking, like, of just god but it's saying like just have faith like in everything you do for yourself so um and i'm just like huge on that because i feel like especially in college these days is you have so many different types of people who are um you know different paths of life with god and stuff like that and just uh for me personally i feel like sometimes i am like a little bit more spiritual than uh than some people on the like, I feel like it's not, like, a huge, like, thing that gets talked about a lot on certain teams, um, spiritually-wise, and so, um, you know, it's not something consistently talked about, but for me personally, like, I don't ever let, you know, that, like, ever affect my relationship with God, um, you know, I am huge, like, I pray before every single meet like there um right there then and there and that's kind of like something I've always done for myself like uh before every single meet on the line um and that's kind of like how I incorporate God into like a lot of my like uh and just like racing every single time that I do and just to show like gratitude and thankfulness that you know I have the ability to do this and to be here And, you know, I preach a lot to people, um, on the team, not really in like a huge setting, but I do like to talk to people about, um, my spiritual journeys and struggles I've been through to help prevent them, uh, from going down a path that I've been and just helping them, you know, come up with all of us together. So if I see someone is struggling, I will go out of my way and try and help them the best I can whether that be um helping them like reconnect with God in a certain way or you know just asking them simply if they're okay and just having that you know that they're there I'm there to talk to them and be there for them but I think that when uh talking about like you know your faith and um God in general I feel like um, I'm very selective on the people who I do like to talk to about it with because I like people who can, you know, uh, really connect with me and like have that nice mind, that same similar mindset and um, the people that aren't as, you know, spiritually um, connected, I, I still, I, I just simply pray for them, in my opinion, like, or people that I just don't really connect with at all. Um, I mean, still, it's just very touchy subject for some people, and I try to respect that for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to be there for anyone who needs and wants to talk about it. So um, that's just – and I always preach about everything, like, on all of my social medias. So it's just something that's very important to me. Um, And I, I like, make it known, like, on my... Okay, sorry. I had a Wi-Fi issue. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Um, Is it okay now? Okay, cool. Um, But, um, you know, I just... So I always tell myself um, and other people, like, our fear and doubt throughout every single bumpy road is going to create mountains, but our faith will move them effortlessly. So that's just something, like, I always like to tell people, and I always kind of tell myself, too. And so... um, you know, I was, I do feel like I was destined to make an impact. Like, I kind of feel like that's what I was put on this earth to do. Um, So it's just, you know, uh, spreading the word of God in the best way that I can to people and people who, even if people aren't willing to listen, just still getting that chance to, because like I said, you're going to annoy people, you're going to inspire people. So, you know, you might as well do it anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people in their minds, they think that in order to be a uh, a person who's going to you know preach God's word or even like be a voice for, for Christ is someone who literally has to be a voice and a preacher and a pastor. And I think it speaks volumes for how we treat other people um, yeah. coming into situations where um, you know we meet new people and you know people come into the environment like for for you like freshmen coming into the team there at Houston and and how you you know accept them and celebrate their victories and all that stuff because I feel like a lot and you know correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like even at a d1 level because even at the small level at d3 everybody just wants to you know puff their chest out or you know show that they're you know quote unquote the man and they don't want to help the freshmen out. They don't want their spots to be taken. So, yeah. you know, but those who are able to just be like, you know, Hey, like we're here to, I'm here to help you. I'm here to like, you know, in all aspects just sh- speaks volumes to show that, you know, you're different. And that, that gives you in turn a window when there's like, why are you, why are you like that? Like, why are you helping me out? Cause you're supposed to like, not want to, you know, do that. Like it allows us to be able to then, you know, share our faith and explain the reason why we're doing what we're doing.
1: No, I completely agree. And I mean, that's just something uh, coming into Houston. I was, I was like, my, my freshman year, I've made both regional teams, my freshman and sophomore year of cross country. Um, But like I said, I made a huge transition my freshman to sophomore year. So I kind of struggled my freshman year for sure, like training with, our team was essentially like fifth year seniors and, and just regular seniors and then like freshmen. So like you have two ends of the spectrum. You have women basically. I just turned 18 and I'm here. So I'm just like, I'm like, these girls are so fast. So yeah. um, I specifically, but like I remember why I chose here was because like of the culture that was created by them and our coach. And it was just very positive and, encouraging culture and just fun and so I specifically remember um a workout we had once and I was struggling like I was hanging on for dear life like I was going through it and I had a teammate who um we we were at this like loop and she had a different workout um she was one of the older girls and we were going up this hill and she was supposed to be resting for her next rep and instead like she chose to like finish that rep with me because she saw that I was struggling like on her rest, like with me in the middle of cross country season in Houston, where it's humid and hot. And I was just like, I was just like, this girl is so good at running. And she's literally making this sacrifice for me during her workout. Cause like, obviously our workouts are like, you know, where we gain fitness and, you know, a lot of those things. So I was just like, you know, for her to just pick up and just see I felt bad, and she just, I was running by myself um, on this last, like, rep or whatever, and for her to pick up and just go with me, I mean, that was, like, a huge, like, moment for me, where I realized I was, like, I literally chose the perfect team, and so, and like I said, they were all seniors, so they're all leaving, and I was, like, so I have to, you know, me and my best friend, um, her name's Regan, we're inseparable, we're, like, twin flames, all that. We're very like, like the same mindset and everything. And so I was talking to her and I was like, we have to keep this culture going. Like, I was like, it's literally up to us. Cause we were in the same class. So I was like, it's literally up to us. And, um, now it's crazy. Cause we're the older girls who we used to always call. We're like, Oh, the older girls, like, you know, we're them. And so it's just yeah. like, um, you know, I, I learned a lot of stuff from them and I wanted to take that and apply it to like our new team that we get every single year and I think like you know I'm you know a lot of people tell me like why are you so worried about their people on the team like why are you so worried about like the experience that they get and like you know the way that they're treated and um you know I simply just tell them like I I tell everyone the same thing is like I was destined to make an impact so basically you know, some people on my team still question, like, you know, why are you trying so hard for these people? And it's just like, you know, I want what we got as freshmen for them, but like times 10. Like, I want them to like, enjoy their college experience so much as an athlete, because you only get like four or five years. And it's like, you know, I want them to feel safe, and I want the people on my team to feel comfortable if they need to come talk to me about something or they're going through something. And um, because that's just how the older girls were for us, and that's just kind of the team culture that we created. And it's not like a competitive, cutthroat nature that we have. And like, you know, I kind of see that in like. or I've heard, like, some of my other friends who run for bigger schools, like, you know, that's kind of the environment, and I knew that's not what I wanted at all, like, that's just, like, for some people, that's, like, what motivates them, and that's perfectly fine, like, it's not, like, terrible, but for me, I was, like, I need, like, girls who want me to do better, like, I want to be surrounded by a group of women who want the best for me, and not want to tear me down and break me, and so I feel like, you know, when you get, like, competitive, you know, I feel like that, like, eagerness to be people kind of like uh, can like slip into your mind. and I think it's more important to focus on like obviously you need to dedicate time to yourself, but if you can help lift the other the other people up around you, like y'all are all unstoppable instead of just one person. So it's yeah. just like I think that it says a lot more about a team in my opinion than one person thriving and the rest of them just kind of trailing behind. Um, I think it's much more meaningful when a team does it together even if you do have that one person that sticks out but as long as like you're working together towards the same goal it's like who like who can stop y'all especially um, you know that was just one of those things that like I realized in college was like I don't have to worry about like girls on my team who want me to do bad because in high school I think I kind of like felt like that in my new school like there is like certain girls like who I felt like were trying to compete with me and I just like I don't respond well to that at all like I need like a positive like nature to for me to thrive personally and Mm -hmm. so like especially like coming from my teammates like it's different if it's like a girl from a different team like obviously you're trying to all compete with each other but from my team like I need that support and like I get it from every single one of these girls so it's just like that's what we instill in the freshmen like when they first get here now is that like that's what's most important and in hopes that they can carry on like our legacy and stuff like that and create their own.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so good. Um, I appreciate your time that we, we've been together and it's been, it's been so awesome to like hear more about your story, but I want to just see if there's anything else that you wanted to cover did, that we haven't covered already.
1: I just really, um, I think we've touched on a lot of great things and a great, great things I wish I could have heard um, growing up and being in high school and, you know, being a younger uh, girl for sure and running. And I think one of the biggest things um, is just to have fun and don't compare yourself to anybody and you know trust the process which is so generic and just like give all all your glory to god like the you obviously you would not or we wouldn't be doing anything here if it wasn't for him and um i think it's just one of those things that like you have to be fearless in the face of adversity and um i mean yeah i mean just literally just having fun is such a huge deal. And I feel like, especially getting caught in like, do you want an athletics or any collegiate athletics? Like, you know, you so at some points it feels like a job. And like, you know, I have to pull myself back and remind myself, like, why do you love this sport? Like, why are you doing this? And remind myself like of my goals that I have set for myself. And like, you know, I still want to run post-collegiate. You know, I still have big aspirations for myself, despite like, you know, where I'm at right now. It's just but i'm still going to do everything i can to work towards those goals and you know not letting people discourage you and not letting anyone tell you you can't do something cuz you know i just i feel bad for people who have to sit through hearing stuff like that instead of, like, for me personally, I got really lucky with a mom who literally told me I could do anything I set my mind to. And I grew up hearing, like, you know, I'm special. Like, I am so... Like, she always told me, like, you're going to do something big one day. And just hearing that every single day, like all the time for like 20 years, like, you know, you start to believe it at one point and you're like, I, I have to do something big with my life now. Like I am going to do something big and you kind of start affirming yourself of those things. And so I think, um, you know, it's, I am huge on um, positive affirmations. So, you know, tell yourself what you want to do and tell yourself if you're going to do it. So I'm just like every single morning I have a list of things I say to myself to start my day and I look in the mirror and I literally tell them to myself and um, I also like to step back and like you know just calm myself down and some of the best moments are like when I go for a walk and regain that focus or whatever you need to do and just you know be prepared to you know do what you gotta do for the rest of the day so
0: all right guys well thank you for listening Uh, Maddie thank you for coming on here I appreciate uh, you taking time Get a uh, junior year uh, to run uh, indoor and outdoor season this year, hopefully, cross country as well. But uh, cool. we'll follow on your journey and pray uh, for you this year. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me.